And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. If you haven't downloaded our Red Eye Radio app yet, we'll do it. There you go. And listen when you want. Listen. Listen, 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 listen. We're not going to tell you again. Actually, we, we probably are. We're probably going to tell you next hour. <laughs> so just download it, would you? Just download the app. So I don't have to keep repeating myself. <laughs> if everybody would do it, I wouldn't be inconvenienced every hour. <laughs> so just tell all of your friends, tell them to tell all their friends. Right. Do my work for me. That's right. Once we have... 7 billion downloads, then we'll be happy. Yeah. When we reach 7 billion, th- there's a deal. When we reach 7 billion, I'll stop it. I don't have to say it anymore. You know what will happen then, though? We'll launch a new app. <laughs> <laughs> if you have the old app, you need to download the, the new, new app. app. <laughs> the last billion people that, you know, that signed up are going to be pretty ticked off. Hey, I just got the new app. Yeah, what? what? I, it was just... What happened? I, all right. I was reading this and I burst out laughing. Uh-huh. Because it's the perfect liberal circular firing squad. Yeah. Uh, Glenn Reynolds in the New York Post did an article about uh, colleges today. Yeah. Okay. And uh, how, how the wokeness it pushes could destroy higher education. How wokeness itself is going to destroy higher education. Mm. And they he, he talks about the fact. And this is really interesting because I hadn't even... I hadn't seen this figure. Did you know that college enrollments are plummeting nationwide? Undergraduate enrollment fell by 650,000 in a single year, spring of 21 to 22. It is down 14% in the past decade, even as the U.S. population grows. Hmm. But this is this is the thing that I went, wow, I never thought about this. Okay. Why? The Ivy League colleges, why getting an education at one of the, well, so-called, uh, I guess, uh, elite colleges 
isn't going to mean as much anymore because employers want you to hide. The new woke employers don't wish you to promote if you went to oh, an elite college. Oh, you're bragging. Because, because that indicates your privilege. Okay, you can't make this then. up. There's a new wrinkle, as Glenn Reynolds writes here. It's not just colleges that are woke. It's also employers. And woke employers are pursuing a new strategy that may make colleges go broke faster as notions of equity and privilege popular on campus spread to the corporate world. As a post reported recently, some employers are now asking applicants to leave the colleges they attended off their applications. Instead of the school, they are simply to list the degree. Uh Uh-huh. Well, of course, people know that prestige degrees confer privilege. That's why they pursue them. Right. <laughs> but now all that studying, all those contrived extra I loved it. Contrived extracurricular activities. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <clears throat> all those anguished nights spent writing a heart trending personal essay are for naught. You might as well have gone to a school whose admissions requirement is the ability to exhale warm air. The degree counts the same. Mm. But wait, there's more. The Gartner Consulting Firm recently recommended that its 15,000 clients, in the name of equity, consider hiring people without degrees at all. A degree will work against you now. Mm. The focus on college degrees is bad for underrepresented candidates because they're less likely to have attended or finished college. Gartner suggests employers instead focus on assessing candidates solely on their ability to perform in the role rather than on their formal education and experience. By the way, who hasn't done that already? Yeah. But that's the radio business. I I would don't believe. I put out resumes where I had my college on. I never had anyone in any business tell me to present my degree. Really? Yeah. Never had to present evidence that I had a college degree. Now they do check with schools. <clears throat> they may have. Yeah. Yeah. They may have. Yeah. That's usually how it's done. Then again, I'm in radio. They hire anybody. They hired me. That's what I meant. Yeah. Uh, Eric Carley. Point taken. I never put my uh, 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 college degree on on my resume ever. (laughs) I haven't done it once. I know. You're the perf- you're the perfect person they're looking for. <laughs> you don't have to worry about whether you went to a prestigious college, prestigious college. Look, or a regular com- I am regular, not going to flaunt my privilege. Average community college <laughs> or high school GED. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I'm not going to flaunt my hey privilege one of the one of one of my young friends completely and totally successful great job 
super management, commercial real estate, high school GED. No, I have a, I have a number of friends who are highly successful Ed, that that got their GED. Yep. And I I don't know if it's you know it was generational or or what, but there was a common thread with them. They they essentially left school, quit high school to work. Uh, I, that is the case with all of them, but maybe one or two. And then they got their GED as they got older and realized, oh, wait, no, I I kind of need that. And got their GED a few years later. And they're all uh, the ones I'm, I'm there's a handful of them I'm thinking about are highly successful. And, and I don't know if it's I, 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 there could be a case for the work ethic. It doesn't apply to all, but because nothing does. But the work ethic, if you quit school because you think sitting in this classroom is not productive, but being out there earning money, you know, maybe helping my parents, maybe helping my mom or whatever. Mm-hmm. In one case, it was, I know, uh, uh, a friend of mine, he was helping his mother after his dad died. And then he got his GED. I think he was probably 20, 21 when he got his GED. And now uh, owns a chain of fast food restaurants. Well, not college degrees don't matter. Right. It's just whether you're willing to come into work and work. Well, it's uh, one of the things that 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 you can say about a degree, uh, you know, and I guess it depends on the, the type of degree. And, and sometimes it does depend on the, on the school. But but it it is a it kind of backs up, I guess, the individual and what the employer might see in the individual. So if the individual um, is perceived as, as someone, you know, if you're in the interviewing process, right, and the employer sees you as somebody who they believe is productive, efficient, uh, self-starter kind of person, often a college degree can back that up. Okay, I, you know, went to this college and, you know, all right. And then I also did this. It's kind of one more thing. But it's not the everything. Well, I remember when um, after college, and I've talked about it before, I worked two jobs and went to college, that when a couple of my jobs after college, one that's one thing they noticed. They said, oh, you worked and went to college. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. You worked at a bank and went to college. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And what's this other thing? Eh, it's a club DJ. Right. So you worked two jobs and exactly. went to college. Right. And I could just see it right there. They went, oh, mm-hmm. you have a work ethic. When things overlap that way, mm-hmm. whether it's like two jobs at once or uh, school uh, and 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 work that overlap that way, that is indication of work ethic. Now, my sister, when she graduated from college and went for her first job, mm-hmm. they questioned her uh, on the lack of no job experience during college. Think yeah. about that. No, no, but, no, 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 but, no. That was the thing. But she was. And they told her, they said, we noticed, you know, you had a lack of job experience mm-hmm. during college. Mm-hmm. But what they what they saw, and she was in computers and all this, is that she was on the United States gymnastics team during right. college. Yeah. I mean, she was an elite gymnast. Right. And they went, well, that's it. You're an elite gymnast and went to college. Mm-hmm. You have a work ethic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it didn't have to be a job, but they did notice she didn't have a job, but there was something that substance. They it just they didn't just want, and I thought that was fascinating 
in my time and in my sister's time, she was a couple years, so I think six years behind me. But in that time period, not only did they want college, they wanted they wanted to know that you wanted to work. And so if you had work experience right, during right, college, right. that was a huge benefit. Mm-hmm. And a lot of employers were looking for that back then. Yeah. You, know, you have college right. and this. And it goes back to what my dad told me, you know, my, you know, back in 1969 when I was 14 years old. And he said, you need to be, you need to have a college degree. You need to know how to do a trade. You need to know how to do sales. Right. He said, so you need to be able to work with your hands. You need to be able to do, you have a college degree, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, do business and you need to know how to sell. And, that's and what, selling, because selling is about product knowledge. Yes. It's not that yeah. your dad was saying you need to go do sales. No. It's that you need to learn right. what the essence of sales is. Right. And that is the, uh, again, when you can go out into the marketplace with conviction and represent whatever it is, you know, uh, that you would be selling a service or, or a product. Um, you know what I always think of? I always think of Tommy Boy, the movie Tommy Boy. You know, and it's and it's like the you know the his dad, the salesman, and and the whole thing, and and <laughs> the lessons of a Chris Farley. Um, but it it's it is that kind of okay, man. We you know I believe in this product, I, and but that type of conviction starts and and can only exist with with pure product knowledge. And when you have product knowledge, that means you've learned a lot about you know whatever that is that you're representing in sales you know it's funny because you're talking about sales this a little bit off the topic but i thought it was fascinating i was just on a radio blog yesterday and it was for you know it's for small market i worked in small market radio before so i'm fascinated by small market radio i spent Mm -hmm. a lot of my career in in pretty small markets and Mm -hmm. it was somebody writing hey i'm trying to sell this particular client and they just say radio doesn't work yeah and he goes and he goes what should the response be and some salesperson wrote, oh, your response is easy. Uh, tell them, look, uh, uh, I want you to do this. We'll experiment. I'll give you, uh, you know, I'll give you uh, a week of free spots, of mm. free commercials. Mm. And you put everything 75% off in your store. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll give you the free advertising, 75% off everything in your store. And the manager went, no way, I can't do that. You'll clear all my shelves. Then radio works. Mm-hmm. You've just admitted it. I went, wow, what a great line. Well, it's interesting. Because yeah. what you're saying is you're not presenting it properly. You know, all different right. all different advertising mediums work in their own way. Right. You know, yeah. and that's why you need to. You know. It's and, 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 you know, that's it. Um, but because I, you, you have to. And, and really is it, it's the um, and what radio has is repetition. Um uh, Great and, talent, yeah, the best talent, uh, elite, elite talent, the elite, the elite, elite, the, the, the elite, highly educated, yeah, university talent. Can, can you believe we're here saving the planet? <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're almost extraterrestrial. extraterrestrial. Okay, so all right, somebody listening right now, yeah. going, what the hell are you guys talking about? Yeah, we're just we'll play the audio cut here coming up with John it, Kerry. John Kerry, but but that's you know, but that's it. And and when I did sales and radio, and that that's what I would tell a prospective client is that I actually would borrow kind of from what what was going on in that blog, and that is, all right, look, um, 
let's start with this. Because I'm not here to just take your money. I need this to work for you, for you, right. you know, to be, uh, for this to re- have any return for me. And so there has to be, though, an incentive. So what is it you're focused on right now? And what kind of incentive can you offer the listener? Are you having a sale? Uh, would you like to have a sale? Uh, you know, and all these considerations. And, and that's what you do. And then the rest is about repetition. You know, it's, exactly. it's going to, you know, but. you're going to pound that message over and over again. But, you know, these when when you think about, you know, the uh, <laughs> the work ethic, it's is it different today? And and I think it is. But I think the gig economy is part of a new work ethic. I think there are a lot of people out there discovering what it's like to be uh, a self-starter for the first time going, oh, well, wait a minute. If I do this and do this, then I can actually create my own business as a contractor and I can actually do these things. I think that's a great thing. And it's a a big part of the economy right now. We were referencing that John Kerry audio that we had played earlier. We'll play it coming up next so you can hear it. (laughs) So it all makes sense what we were just talking about. 86690-RED-EYE. Starting and charging system-related issues are one of the most common causes of winter breakdowns. So when your batteries talk, it's important you listen. Knowing the warning signs that could indicate your electrical system needs attention can help you avoid getting stuck out in the cold this winter. Have your batteries inspected by a professional technician if you smell any unusual or strong odors coming from the battery box. A pungent odor could indicate chemicals are escaping from a damaged or overcharged battery. This report brought to you by Luberfiner, engineering filters that are built to do more for heavy-duty fleets since 1996. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Well, the World Economic Forum is going on, so, of course, we have to play some of the uh, insane lefty mindset coming out. Mm. So we start, why not start immediately with John Kerry? All right. Right? And it just relates to, because we were talking last hour and just kidding and talking about uh, college education and how you should listen to our show because we are highly educated university students uh-huh well actually i am one of us is one of us i think <laughs> well, we know who well actually not I, I, I only say university because my my college was upgraded to a university last week it was a college before and now it's a university yeah but it was a college when you were there though it was a college exactly so it was just a college <laughs> uh but uh, but here's here's uh, here's john Kerry. here's here's the select group the human beings, the elite, saving the planet. And when you stop and think about it, it's pretty extraordinary that we, select group of human beings, because of whatever touched us at some point in our lives, are able to sit in a room and come together and uh, actually talk about saving the planet. I mean, it's so almost extraterrestrial to think about quote, saving the planet. And if you said that to most people, most people, they think you're just a crazy, tree-hugging, lefty, liberal, you know, do-gooder, whatever. It's 
Because you are. That's because that's exactly because what you are. You're talking, you're not doing. <laughs> and the things you're doing and want to do will hurt society, not help it. Talk to the talk to the engineers. Talk to the scientists. Talk to the people that actually build things mm-hmm. and get things done. Mm-hmm. But to these arrogant elitists talking about and pretending, living in a bizarro pretend world, that they're saving the planet, that's what matters to them. It's amazing to think about how amazing we are. It's what? <laughs> wow, what arrogance. My God. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley taking your calls. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. And he's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Where maybe the economy uh, uh, going? You were telling me yesterday that some of the uh, uh, financial gurus, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what to call them, yeah. analysts out there were looking and saying, well, the recession may not be as great this year. Yeah, it may be a softer recession yeah. than than uh, what they thought before the yeah. uh, beginning of the year. And then you have, uh, this came out from the New York Fed, the New York State New York State manufacturing contracted sharply in January as orders collapsed and employment growth stalled, pointing to continued weakness in national factory activity. Uh, the survey from the New York Fed on Tuesday offered an early read to the conditions in one of the sectors hardest hit by the interest rate hiking cycle since the 1980s. It showed slumping demand uh, and improved raw material supplies, slowing inflation at the factory gate. National manufacturing has been shrinking since November, according to data uh, from the Institutes for Supply uh, Management. The New York Fed Empire State Index on current business conditions plummeted to minus 32.9 this month from minus 11.2 in December. That was the lowest level since May of 2020 Hmm. and the fifth worst reading in the survey's history. Economists polled by Reuters had forecast an index of point, excuse me, minus nine. So it was at minus 11. They expected it to improve to a minus 9. It went minus 32.9. Wow. Our reading below zero signals New York's manufacturing sector is contracting. The median forecast for that was minus 7. Yeah. So if you... so. So My the gosh. median was the minus seven. The median was minus seven. So they they saw an improvement coming, and you what you got was a complete crash. Yeah, <laughs> much further in the opposite yeah, you, direction. You and I've often talked about this, and it goes back to was wow, what was that like? Was it like almost fifteen years ago? I mean, it just seems like a long time ago, where you and I were going through the numbers, and it was definitely the Obama White House because it was the White. It was the Obama White House economist figuring out, uh, you know, what the GDP growth 
analyzing what the GDP growth was going to be for the year before, and then we looked what it actually was. Yeah, right. And we just said, they're completely wrong. I mean, complete optimism, complete politics, nothing based in reality. And remember I said, what did I do? I just picked a number out as to what the GDP would be for that year. Yeah. And I think I picked like something like 2.2%. Yeah. I said, all right, I'm going to become a financial analyst. I'm just going to throw a number out. And I did early in the year in January, then the next January. It was something like I threw out 2.2 or 2.3, and it ended up being 2.2 or 2.3, and everybody else was off. And I just took a a guess at it because you see some of these numbers are so drastically off that you wonder at times, you know, what what are they using to forecast? Well, and that's it. Because coming out of December, you know, negative 11.2 on Empire State Manufacturing Index. And so the median forecast for January, negative 7. Okay, the thought then is that Hmm. improvement. It's improving. Improvement over December, which is what you should see as demand starts to pick up. Still bad because you're still still contracting. Yep. I mean, you're still going in. Right. It's negative. You're not in. You actually, the you were still. De- it's sort of like inflation. Inflation right. is still going up. Right. It's the rate of inflation is going down, but the actual inflation is still going up. Just reverse it in the negative. Well, and, and it, it shows you that they that those forecasters, by and large, they anticipated an uptick in demand. That demand yes. was going to come back and. Negative 32.9. That's a massive miss. And one of the the, the uh, top five worst of all time since all time. they've been measuring it. Yep. Huh. Wow. We asked this question. When you look at places like New York and California... Dallas kickers don't miss by that much. I don't know. If you, ex- I guess zero is still zero, if, right? If, 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 if you exclude this week, you might have a you might have a point. <laughs> oh, poor guy. <laughs> I'm sorry, the poor guy. Yeah, I mean it's a very yeah. solitary profession. You sit out yeah. there alone and you just kick field goals. Yeah. You're part of the team, and then when you miss, you're alone. <laughs> we, we, we win together, we lose together, except for the kicker. <laughs> Whoever that guy might be next week. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, I forgot where I was on this. <laughs> well, it's... on the economy, we're definitely, we're definitely talking about the... Uh, the uh, the the economy and well, the it's a massive miss on the on the forecast yeah. here, and the lowest since spring of the uh, COVID apocalypse, right? A twenty twenty. And the interesting thing is, the other numbers that we were bringing to you a week ago on uh, on manufacturing nationwide were also the lowest since May of twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. The manufacturing index, right? So you know you're you're just you're finding you're finding more of this. Oh, I guess my point would be mm. when you look at we we know that populations that populations are moving 
from California and places like New York. And they're moving to places that are, that are lower taxed and when there's, where there's more jobs. And you just wonder when it all crumbles. Now, a lot has been made of the fact that, what did California have last year? Like a $99 billion surplus and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, boom, mm-hmm. they're in the negative like that. Right. Yeah. And and you look at, uh, you know, you, you look at the fact that eventually, you know, you look at covid, you see everything that's happened over the last uh, 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 couple of, uh, of years when it comes to governments that are more intrusive into your life, you know, wishes wish to lock you down. The analysis coming out from what was the best and most healthy place. John Stossel did one, the, you know, the other day, you know, remember how. Florida was just, you know, pounded and, mm. and they said, but Florida did, you know, Florida did, I, in my mind, I'm sounding like him, John Stossel, mm. but Florida did really good mm-hmm. when they look, you know, looked at the actual death and they say, and then when you actually look at the elderly population, that's much greater there. They even did much better. They go back to Sweden. He went back to all the newscasts that were blasting Florida, blasting Sweden. Sweden came out better than all the countries around mm. them. Mm. And so you look at, you look at that, you look at, when it comes to health, when it comes to freedom, when it comes to the ability to retain your own wealth so you can decide where you go in life and the government doesn't hand it out to you and decide where you go in life. And people, eventually, there is a limit to what they can stand. And now we're to the point in New York where they're begging people to stay after Kathy Hochul said, get out. Right. Well, they got out. And now she's saying, well, they need to come back. They need to come back. Cuomo, remember doing the same thing? He invited them to dinner or something. If you don't, yeah, lose. come on, I'll cook for you. And then, then we'll have some wine. Then Eric Adams putting the billboards in Florida. Mm-hmm. That didn't work. No, I mean these people are idiots. You, I, I'm sorry, but if you're an adult and you believe that people in the United States don't want freedom, that they don't want economic growth, and you initiate policies that make it where the cost of living is so incredibly high that the average person can't live there, and then you pretend nothing is wrong. That's the thing. They pretend nothing is wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a great place. There's nothing wrong whatsoever. Oh, no, everything is uh, is uh, is fine. Well, <laughs> I'm likely to move, too. Mm. Who isn't likely to move? Mm. If you have the ability to move, many right. people don't even have the ability to move because it costs money to move. Right. And and so, but I just wonder when the point will be, and we're seeing it now. We're starting to see it, and I think it's been was accelerated because of COVID. That you're seeing people now seriously saying, "I need, we need to get out, we need to get out." And the people that can get out, when you live in a state that taxes the rich the most, and the rich are paying fifty percent, sixty percent, seventy percent of the state budget, they have the ability to leave. So they do. Yep. And the state budget crumbles at that point, which leaves them no other uh, alternative but to start taxing the middle class more yep. and the poor more. Yep. That's exactly where it's going. By the way, uh, retail sales uh, numbers uh, for December will come out this morning at uh, 8.30 Eastern. The median forecast is negative 1% for December. Retail. The median forecast is negative 1%. The median forecast, excluding motor vehicles, is still negative 0.5. That doesn't spell well. That doesn't, that's, that's not good for December. And 
My question is, where will it land? If they, It's very different than the Empire State Manufacturing Index, but that was a huge miss. What else did they miss about December? Well, I no, I that's I think it's a legitimate point if it's affecting if it's affecting manufacturing. Now, it may not affect retail sales the same way in the same month. Right, right. Especially right. because it was Christmas. And it's a different index. It's a different It's a different measurement, index, right. Altogether. Uh, but what so, did they miss about I guess demand? But if the economy is going down, does it affect all sectors in some way? Right. And what does it say for the first quarter if December is down is down by that much or more? I guess we'll see. And, in fact, we'll see in just a few hours. Meanwhile, current and former female collegiate athletes warned uh, last week that they will sue the NCAA unless the association eliminates its policies allowing male-born students who identify as female to compete in women's sports. Mm. Marcy Smith, former University of Arizona swimming champion, read a letter during the Thursday press conference last week outside the NCAA annual convention in San Antonio, urging the organization to take direct and immediate action to establish rules to keep women's collegiate sports biologically female. We're here and we're not going to stop speaking and advocating until we know women's sports have rules in place that defend integrity and fairness for female athletes, said Smith, co-founder of the Independent Council of Women's Sports. The demand uh, demands include repealing policies that allow male athletes to take roster spots on women's teams and or compete in women's events, establishing rules to keep women's uh, teams and or compete in women's events, establish rules to keep women's sports biologically female, and requiring colleges to provide single-sex female locker rooms. It's time for this idiocy to end. It is. And it's good to see that organizations of women are finally standing up to it. Yes. As feminism, liberal feminism, collapsed. Even Gloria Steinem, liberal feminism, collapsed to obey the male. The male dictated that I am a female and therefore I can compete against women. Step aside, ladies. And the liberal feminist movement crumbled to the male. Yep. Because the man says so. The man says so. That's where liberal feminism is today. Be obedient to the man. If the man says something that's a lie, it doesn't matter. He's the man. Obey the man. That is liberal feminism 2023. Refreshing that women are standing up. Oh, you saw the Miss Universe. Mm. Miss Universe is a man, biological mm. male. Mm-hmm. And we all know why, because men are much prettier than women. That's true. Yeah. That's 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 very true. Not not in this studio. <laughs> but in other places. Maybe. Eight six six ninety red eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara.
It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Crony, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, uh, Welcome, and uh, good morning. Just reading here where more states are moving towards uh, taxes by the mile-driven. Yeah, right. So just looking at here the, uh, the numerous studies uh, by transportation organizations, they've landed on mileage-based user fees. Wow. Yep. I don't know. Well, you're going to have to drop the gas tax if you do that. If you if you're going to do if you're going to do it all overall, you're going to have to drop it. But then, how do you know how many miles I've driven? And then we get into the privacy thing again. Mm-hmm. Into the privacy thing right. of government always knowing where you are and where you're going and yep. how many miles you've driven yep. in order to do that. And no, don't want that. Nope. It'll be basically. I mean, it will it will track your location. Yep. There's no way to do it without that. Right? Right. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, 86690 Red Eye. I'm Gary McNamara. He's Eric Harley. Download our app today, our Red Eye Radio app, and listen when and where you want. If you find that you no longer can listen overnight live, as you should be. So yes, the second should. best is to be able to listen to our uh, our app. And so, That's right. Uh, do it today. Download today. All right, you ready? All right. It was an interesting... Excuse me. Huh? Take two. Hello. I swear I'm not drinking. Because mm. it sounded like I was saying, it was an interesting day. It was right, right, right. That's what I heard. <laughs> it was an interesting day at the White House. Oh. Uh, let's hear a little bit of the back and forth between the reporters and White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre. On Friday, you stood here, though, and were asked about this documents issued by our counsel 18 times. At that point, the president's lawyers had found these five additional pages of classified documents. So did you not know on Friday that those documents had been found when you were at the podium? Or are you being directed by someone to not be forthcoming on this issue? I'm, I have been forthcoming from this podium. Did you not know that the I'm telling you, I just answered the question. The White House says Republicans are faking outrage on this issue. Why shouldn't Americans be outraged about classified documents being found in a garage? Sorry if I missed it, but on Friday, did you or did you not know about the additional files? I, I already, I literally just answered that question. But I, I, I missed just, it, so is it yes or no? Well, I, I mean, you're, you're not too far sitting next to her, so I was very clear. I provided, I provided the information that you all had at the time. And I no, I did not know. I'm saying I had the information. I actually said this to Cecilia. I had the information that you all had at the time. When did you learn about the documents found at the Penn Center in November and in Wilmington in December? When your team was, in, was uh, doing a story on it. You've repeatedly emphasized the need, just as you did today, for independence, for integrity um, of the Department of Justice investigation. One reason why you continue to point us to the DOJ. 
so I wonder why then did the White House counsel go to Wilmington to facilitate the handing over of documents to the DOJ? That is How a- is that separate? That is, is that separating the White House from the DOJ. And Weijia, I appreciate the question. Are you upset that you came out to this podium on Friday with incomplete and inaccurate information? And are you concerned that it affects your credibility up here? Well, what I'm what I'm concerned about is making sure that we do not politically interfere. Last week, you were pretty insistent that you believe that the president's attorneys did the right thing. Do you still believe that? Yes, they did the right thing. The reason I ask is, is that what we now know, the, the president's counsel statement, the president's personal lawyer statement, shed a bit more light on this, but they raised more questions. Uh, namely, the first call that the president's personal attorneys made on November 2nd was not to the FBI that they had found what we now know were top secret documents out in the open. The first call was to officials here at this White House in the West Wing. How is that the right thing? Wow. I mean, we uh, we learned a lot uh, yesterday, as you heard there from that was uh, the CBS uh, uh, Steve Portnoy uh, with the the question to uh, Kareem Jean-Pierre. We found that out that the uh, attorney that first found it called the White House first and did not call the FBI uh, first. Also, we found out yesterday in the Wall Street Journal article that had uh, come out was that the Department of Justice said, "Nah, personal attorneys, you look at this. And that has amazed so many people. If you want to talk about a two-tiered justice system, here the FBI, from what we know, found out that there were actually top-secret documents that were not just found once, twice, three times, but four times. And all those times they said, the FBI is not going to investigate. We're not going to put somebody out there that actually has clearance. We're going to let the president's own personal attorneys that don't have top-secret clearance mm-hmm. look for these top secret documents. Yeah. That is unbelievable and just shows you that the Republicans and their complete lack of confidence that justice is applied equally across the board is laughable. Imagine if Merrick Garland had walked out to the podium and said, we've decided to let Trump's personal attorneys look all over Mar-a-Lago for what we're looking to get back i mean this is the insanity but for all of us that are paying attention and aren't activists the insanity began a long time ago they began in fact i can tell you the day it began january 20th of 2021 as biden was sworn in it was inevitable it, that something like this was going to happen. And once again, a number of items, major items, that this president has botched. Think about that. You've had a turn absolutely in the, in the media over the last uh, 10 days to the point now where everybody is asking, are the Democrats throwing Biden under the bus? Mm. Don't they want him uh, to run? Are they scared to death? Are, are they now is the reason you're seeing this reaction from the press and the reaction from the Democrats, which is not really defending the president at all in any way. And every time here's the other thing, too. Every time they've made a comparison to Trump, every time you think you think about this, whether it's um, whether it's the uh, censorship of social media and the government's role in it now, 
Yeah. Remember when it first came out, when the first Twitter files came out and the Democrats were all over it? These stupid Republicans, they don't understand that freedom of speech has nothing to do with a private corporation. This is a private corporation. It's a private corporation. It's a... It's a private corporation being coerced by the FBI Mm. and members of the Biden uh, uh, campaign. And then after the Biden campaign, the Biden administration, it's the coercion from the government and the threats from the government towards social media and the media to censor. Oops. Okay. Sorry. We move on to another narrative. They keep moving on to other narratives, the same thing here, and finally they have no more narratives left, and nobody is saying anything. And why? Because I think that they're thinking exactly what President Obama said. Don't ever underestimate the ability of Joe Biden to F things up. And they see this happening. It was just one. Yeah. Remember? Just right. one. Just one here, and it was, it, was in, it was in that office. Oops. Oh, number two, it's in the garage. It's in the garage. And then the president up there defending having top secret documents in his garage because it's locked and secure because he has his vet in there. Come on, Jack. It's a locked garage. Still, to me, one of the worst moments or responses to any potential scandal (laughs) of a president ever. That seriously, <laughs> yeah, I do believe that that beats just by a little bit. Mm. It all depends what the definition, definition of, of is, is is, and define sex. Mm. I didn't have sex. Yeah, but it's uh, the last word of the <clears throat> uh, what was uh, what happened in there. The last word of it is sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah, but still this one beats it because it was just, it was so bizarre because he got angry. Like I've had my vet in there. That's how secure it is mm-hmm. for the nation's top secrets. Yeah. Whoa. You gotta be kidding me. Really? And now it's like, just, you see him apparently, you know, maybe Jill got to him and said to him the l- a couple of days ago, Shut up! Yeah. No, I, I honestly, that's seriously. Well, I, I, I said I it the other day, but, 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 how, how did they get to a point where he stopped calling lids? They used to call lids left and right in the early days, and this would be the time to call the lid. But frankly, there's no way to undo everything that's been done here. The damage is mind-boggling because it was botched so badly. And and the thing is, the, the interesting things now that is coming out, that the $49,000 a month rent mm-hmm. that he supposedly paid for, you know, for to live in his father's house, Hunter Biden to live in his father's house, is the exact same amount they uh paid uh to have the uh the uh the uh, uh the off the uh what was it the the room that they rented mm-hmm. where they dealt with the chinese energy company mm-hmm. that one right that breitbart actually reported that a while ago but that seemed to hit the news yesterday right. big time right. going yeah. when comer said yeah we're investigating all these particular ties 
you know, that that happens there. And that's the fear right now of Democrats. The fear is now that this thing has the potential because that's the question. Everybody's talking about it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Hunter lived there. Right. And these documents which you know, we're just laying around the house. Is there a relationship to that? And is we know we do we do know this uh, that some may be related, <clears throat> you know, to the countries that he was doing business with. Right. We don't know whether they're related to his actions with the country, but they are. You know that we do we do know that, and so you have. All of a sudden, you've tied all of this. This is more than influence peddling. This may be, you know, in, and this was everybody's thinking, even Democrats. This may be influence peddling and using top secret documents because they don't know how much, they don't know how badly Joe may have or Hunter may have effed up everything. And that's why everybody's quiet right now in the Democrats. What you hear is we played the audio cut from one congressman yesterday who made the absurd analogy well we're gonna have to see what this is but the people making comparisons to the insurrection uh uh to these documents found and we mm-hmm. went well that's gaslighting i don't yeah. know anybody who's done that right as none of that makes sense yeah. at all yeah it didn't make it didn't make any sense and you're like wow they don't know where to go they just don't know where to well, and because that's the problem because you don't know when you're going to step <clears throat> in something so it is paralyzing. Because, I mean, honestly, because the whole thing now is about intent. You know, they wanted to compare it to Trump, hmm. but Trump was in negotiations. The lawyers were always in nego- con- contact right. with the right. with the uh, National Archives right. from the very very beginning. Right. So the uh, and and so they went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But the uh, the, the Secret Service uh, was there. They were in a secure location. They they did do what the National Archives said and put them in a secure location that the Secret Service could guard. These are top secret documents all over the place and over personal uh, areas, uh, over personal areas that a vice president should have never had access to. Mm. Yeah. After after his term of office was done and some of them were found at the Biden Penn Center, which we know tens of millions of dark money from anonymous Chinese donors came in to support that. Mm-hmm. And the others were found at his house and they were divided and they were separated, these documents. And why did it take so long to find the other documents in his house when they are clearly labeled? Why did it take two months? Oh, well, a month and a half uh, f- uh, for one and almost two months for the other in his house if they are clearly in the marked folders? That brings you to the question, were they not in the folders? Right. And if they weren't, no. There's there. You can't say it was inadvertent anymore. Well, uh, you, you talk about uh, not only do you have these documents, they they're not properly secured, and they're not properly managed. They're not. I mean, honestly, uh, and because of the way it's handled by his lawyers, how do we ever find that out? This is why you have someone from the DOJ, the moment they are aware, they have to be on the premises anywhere his lawyers are. Yep. And And they take the lead. And then you ask, why did the National Archives not know 
that these were missing? Why didn't the FBI know that these were missing over a period of six years? And then the Department of Justice response to all of it stinks to high heavens as eh, a cover-up. Yeah. And that's the, the uh, remember early on that we didn't know about this because we didn't know this was going on, but they appointed the uh, the uh, federal attorney from Chicago to look into it, mm. and he was completely worried about how the Department of Justice was handling it, which is why one of the reasons he suggested this is before the story even came out, a special counsel needs to look into this right. because this stinks. Yeah. And then every single day there's something major that comes up. What will today bring? <laughs> but Biden can't talk on this. Oh, by the way, it's the other thing. Well, the other thing coming up. I have another thing. Okay. Next. And another thing. And, and another thing. 86690 Red Eye. Very preliminary reports out of the National Weather Service's Storm Prediction Center indicate that during 2022, we saw 1,331 tornadoes. Numbers comparable to the previous year, according to USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey, as 1,314 tornadoes were recorded in 2021. Those numbers are just slightly above long-term averages, although the caveat there is that as reporting and populations and radar coverage have increased over the years, we have seen a gradual uptick in all tornado activity. So it's partly science, just better reporting, better observations, but also the fact that we do have some changing climate issues as well, potentially leading to a more active severe weather pattern and a more year-round severe weather type of outbreak. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. The USDA report is brought to you by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Highway Diesel Fuel. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. Is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara, eight six six ninety Red Eye. Now, one of the the biggest fibs that the White House is telling you is they can't answer any questions because they can't interfere with an active investigation. Yeah, right. As if so, you ask the question: Well, what's the motivation? Now, we said this the other day. That's a load of horse manure. Mm-hmm. I saw Jonathan Turley said the same thing yesterday. There's a ton of questions that they could that they could answer without uh, getting involved in in the in interfering in the investigation in in any way. Um, but who are they protecting when they say we don't want to get involved in the investigation? Is this a case where we need to protect national security in any way? Are any national security secrets going to come out? Will sources or methods? Uh, be got to do that, don't we? Right. Will sources or methods come out if the White House is more honest with us? Well, no. well, well. Think about this: Who at the White House has been talking about? It's imperative that we preserve these documents and that we act in the best interest of preserving any information that could have been learned from these documents. 
They're not anywhere close to that. No, but who are they protecting? Because they make it sound like there's this investigation that is separate from them that they need to protect. What they are doing is protecting themselves. This is about there. This is about Joe Biden's legal liability and his administration's liability on this. They mm-hmm. are protecting themselves. That has to be made clear. Nobody's made that. From what I know, nobody in the White House press corps said, well, wait a minute. When you say you're protecting the investigation, what does that mean? They're investigating you. You're being investigated. This isn't about national security of the United States anymore. None of us are going to find out what are in those documents. Right. You simply want to know what did you know and what reason they don't want to talk. They don't want to incriminate themselves. That's why they don't want to talk. That's how it would upset the investigation. They'd make it easier for the Department of Justice they are afraid of. Giving you 70% each night. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. 866-90-RED-EYE if uh, you would like to get in. So, so many questions and every day we're getting more questions. I'm just reading here some headlines (laughs) here. And this is uh, from Joe Scarborough. Why isn't experienced National Security Staffer John Kirby handling the classified document scandal. <laughs> About a week after we asked it. Yeah. 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 Because uh, we did ask, we did ask right? that because yeah. Kareem Jean-Pierre was just horrible in it. I and, expected on the second day that he would appear, that Kirby would yep. be there and he would be handling the questions. And just reading some headlines and quotes, CBS, CBS's Margaret Brennan, why would Biden send lawyers who don't have security clearance to search for classified material. Hmm. Well, we know now, according to the Wall Street Journal story, the Department of Justice said, no, you guys do it. Why would they do that? Of of top secret documents, they have no idea what's in them. Right. They know they found some. Yep. And they have the top secret designation. Nobody knows what's in them. Nobody knows. Apparently, they were even gone. The FBI didn't. Department of Justice apparently didn't. The uh, National Archives didn't. And so you think you'd be pretty worried saying, what are these things just sitting around? There may be more. Yeah, we're going to look for more. Well, okay, you guys do it. No, no, you don't have authority to look at any classified uh, uh, documents, but we'd rather you do it. Why in the hell did that happen? Right. You know, you had Secretary of State Blinken. I was surprised to learn that any government records were taken to the Penn Biden Center. (laughs) Wow. They're all saying the same thing and using that word, surprised. I was surprised. And everybody's on it now. I mean, you don't have anybody really defending the, Mm. the, the president here because they don't know what shoe is going to drop next. And every single day, something else comes out where you go, whoa, wow. Yeah. Jeez, you got to be kidding me. And uh, then then the fact of uh, this is really interesting that the, uh, uh, you know, and uh, uh, Breitbart, others reporting on it, 
the forty, the fifty, roughly fifty thousand dollars. I saw Tucker Carlson talked about it last night. Hmm. The fifty thousand dollars that uh, remember, uh, Hunter said on a uh, on a background check that he owned that home, right, and he didn't own it. And then he's then he also uh, had listed that he was paying fifty thousand dollars a month rent on that home, right? The exact same amount that he said he was paying in rent. At that time, the the deal with the Chinese energy company had fallen through, and there was a fifty thousand or fifty thousand dollar security deposit that was the exact same amount that he got to keep. And so it was like that's here's the problem that you have here. This this is this is the real problem that Democrats are looking at. They know Joe Biden is not a stickler for details at all. They know he has no clue as to what's going on half right. the time. Right. And they know that his son Hunter was so sloppy on everything. Yeah. Think about it. The gun. Remember the gun? The gun? Yeah. The laptop. I, he's complete addict. He was just doing whatever he could do at that moment. Crack is, crack is whack. He was doing whatever he could at that moment to keep his, to you know, keep his addiction going. Because mm-hmm. if somebody brought up at that time where the $50,000, $50,000 a month he was paying in rent, he didn't have that money. He wasn't making that kind of money. No. So where did it, you know, there is so much going on here as is always. And the thing is, the fear is from Democrats right now. That on the influence peddling, the Biden influence peddling scheme that was going on, mm. nobody denies mm-hmm. that it was going on. Mm-hmm. In fact, you had, uh, you know, uh, 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 Chuck Todd last week or this past this week uh, state, hey, there's nothing wrong with making uh, with, with uh, making money off your family's name. Oh, yeah, there is. <laughs> yeah, there is. And by the way, he yeah. should stop talking. I was thinking not, about that too. He's yeah, not he, doing any justice. Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with peddling influence. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what he. I mean, that's what he was saying. That's there's basically nothing. what he was and, saying. And so, but the point is, nobody's denying that the scheme was going on, and the Biden family wasn't enriched. Right. But you sit there and you say the next thing: a logical investigator who is not a political activist pushing whatever narrative. They're trying to push. You would say, well, why would a Chinese energy company that has very close ties uh, to the Chinese government and Chinese Communist Party, why would they be giving tens of millions of dollars to the Biden family? Right. What could the Biden family offer them? And it was interesting. It's like, well, Trump's selling his name. No, but his name represents in investment in properties his name was a name for decades for, for decades for other reasons yes exactly what business are the biden's in i can tell you what business trump is in we all can we all know we all know the history of trump right what we can, the, what, by what? comparison biden mm-hmm. has uh a lot less real estate most of which is being searched right now by his personal lawyers <laughs> than Trump. It's about access. 
That's what you wanted with Hunter Biden. <clears throat> you want to you want a foot in the door to Joe Biden. Right. And that's a great point. You know, it's a well, uh, we uh, we thought that uh, the uh, Senator Ron Johnson was extremely weak in his response because that would have been the ultimate. What's wrong with making money off your family name? Chuck, you really want to go? You really wish to discuss and justify the morality of influence peddling of a former vice president while vice president? Yeah. And then did, did the, you really say it's OK? Right. Uh, because, you know, this is influence peddling. Did you really just suggest influence peddling is OK? Yeah. Please tell me, Chuck, that's not what you're suggesting, because it sounds like you're OK with this. I'm not. And I know the American people aren't. And we're going to get to the bottom of it. And so that's I mean, that's the mess. That's that's why Democrats are silent. That's maybe why the media is now taking this turn, because they realize, yeah. oh, my yeah. God, yeah. all of this. And what idiots we if this all ends up that it's the top secret documents have something to do with all of it. Mm -hmm. And and this brings and this also whether it does or not, whether those specific uh, documents do or not. The fact is politically right now, and who knows? You may not know from a special counsel. Where's Durham? Mm. <laughs> you might not know for a couple of years. Right. And so this sticks over his head as Republicans pound consistently on the influence peddling and the possible relationship to the top secret documents. Well, they're yeah. like, my God, this is such a huge scandal. We can't, we can't stay anymore. Right. Sorry. You know, we tried to help you as much as you can, but we should have listened to Obama. Yeah. He told us about you. And that's the thing they worried about. You know, you're dealing with somebody who was a drug addict and a president that he didn't get involved in any of the details of anything. He just goes along for the ride. Right. And so all of a sudden you start finding top secret documents and then you find top secret documents that might have been there while Hunter Biden was living there. And then the Penn Biden Center, the secret documents, the top secret documents there and the dark tens of millions of dollars of dark money from anonymous Chinese donors that made its way to the University of Pennsylvania to the Penn Biden Center. Hmm. Who the hell wants to touch that one? What Democrat wants to be within 100 miles of that? However, it ends up. It's such a disaster, and you can't trust anything from the Bidens. So it's time to bail. Now, I mean, I don't know where you go. Where, What would you trust from this point on? Nothing. Nothing. There's nothing, and I don't mean just about the documents. Anything and everything. Here's an interesting thing. And you have to nitpick in these cases because it goes to credibility because it definitely did affect the reporters yesterday. Mm. It's the fact of her saying everything's everything's completed. The searches right. are all done. Right. Everything is completed. Everything is completed. Well, that clearly wasn't and, the case. And then the next day it comes out. How does that happen? Because that's simply, that's simply the president's attorneys in a conference call you know, with the White House press staff, with Corrine Jean-Pierre right there stating, here's what we know right now. Yeah. And whatever was communicated was completely and totally wrong, 
which then again, this was so wrong that it, that the day after she said, oh, it's all done, it's all done, it's all done, it's all done. It's all done six times. The search is completed, the search is completed, it's all done, the search is completed. Then they find more documents in the house. Wow. I mean, it just, with everything else that didn't come true, and the inaccuracies and the zero credibility she has so far when that happened and a fourth set of documents was found, that comes off as a cover-up. Sorry, that's what it comes across as. And the media smells cover-up. Yep. Whether that's a cover-up in that particular, whether the entire thing's a cover-up, and this is just more of a cover-up, well, because or, or whether it was just a miscommunication, or, or it still stinks. They believe that they're either lying that she's lying, she knows, and she's lying to them, or somebody's lying to her, and that was put forth to her. Exactly, and and and. Not the way you put it forward, but it was. But be, is, is because somebody, that, it, those are your po- if you're sitting in front of her in that in the in the press briefing room, those are your only possibilities. Either you're lying or somebody's lying to you. Either way, it's a cover up. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! And then you saw him when NBC's uh, Pete Alexander. Hmm. You know, because the White House says you should be outraged at the way Republicans are doing it. And then he mm-hmm. says, why shouldn't Americans be outraged about classified documents being found in a garage? Wow. Yeah. NBC right. is clearing the Republicans. Oh, that's a legit reason. Americans are outraged. Why shouldn't Republicans be outraged is the message he's <laughs> right. taking away the defense of the president. It's outrageous. They're mm-hmm. blowing this out of proportion. Well, no. There is no, th- this is a whole new standard when it comes to proportions. <laughs> and and Biden himself did it. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Join the conversation using the Shell Rotella hotline, 866-907-3339. Red Eye Radio at Shell Rotella. What matters is inside. Eric and Gary for the Eden Pure Gen 40. You know, inflation is skyrocketing. Prices are... It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Well, the World Economic Forum is uh, uh, going on uh, in Europe. And, uh, of course, they have to have a disinformation and censor. Ah. Uh, you know, uh, I guess roundtable. And so Brian <laughs> Stelter, formerly of CNN, one of the biggest purveyors of disinformation and lies, of course, has to chair this. And with him is European Commissioner, uh, Commission Vice President Vera Yorova of, uh, at the World Economic Forum, talk, as she talks about uh, illegal hate speech laws that they have there in the European Union that she says will soon be coming to the United States. Here we go. Well, we need the people who understand the language and the case law in the country Mm. because what qualifies as hate hate speech, as illegal hate speech, which you will have soon also in the U.S., I think that... Really? No, we won't. Uh, Yeah, when's that going to happen? 
That is not going to happen. No, that's not going to happen. No. Look, the lawmakers in California, you know, would love for right. that to happen. There are there are plenty of people who would love for that to happen, but we, it's not going to happen. We know that Democrats don't like freedom of speech, mm-hmm. that they reject freedom of speech. Speech they dislike, they want banned and punished. We understand that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, full control of right. what you say and punishment if you say something that has any dissent whatsoever. Right. Because we've seen no outrage from one Democrat, not one, on the evidence of government censorship yeah. in social media. Not one. That's no, why no. we can safely say Democrats don't believe in freedom of speech. No, they don't. And also, yep. you can look at the vote for McCain-Feingold and how many Democrats yeah, were behind sure. that to begin yep. with, too. Yep. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Do we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.